Shine. Sheen? Shane? Well, however you pronounce it, and by the way, it's actually Sheen, the world's largest fashion retailer, Shein, has taken the world of fast fashion by storm. In 2021, more people downloaded the Shein app than Amazon in the US. And with revenue last year reportedly topping $16 billion, having recently raised at a valuation of $100 billion, as we like to say in the marketing world, they're doing something over there. Now, fast fashion digital marketing is not easy. So in today's episode, we're going to break down Shein's $16 billion digital marketing model, which is, by the way, all about quantity over quality. Let's go. Welcome to the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Welcome to the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Podcast. My name's Tim. I'm CEO of Exposure Ninja. This show, like Exposure Ninja, the digital agency that we run, is all about helping you generate more leads and sales from your website. And today, we're going to be analyzing the fast fashion monster Shein. Now, they've come out of basically nowhere for a lot of Western consumers. All of a sudden, you know, fast fashion brands were very comfortable in their market. And then Shein arrived they launched 10,000 products a day. You know, this thing is at a completely different scale to anything that a lot of businesses have seen before. So it's been a fascinating growth case study. But what's the digital marketing that's powering all of this? And what lessons can we learn whether or not we're in this sort of fast fashion space? Well, fast fashion digital marketing is not easy. And a lot of the fast fashion brands are real digital natives. Like Digital is how they grew through social, through SEO and through paid ads. So it's really interesting to see how Shein takes a completely different approach in some of these areas. What I'm going to do is I'm going to break down one, two, three, four, five, six different initiatives or six different things that we think Shein is doing interestingly. So it doesn't necessarily mean that they're doing them well. Some of these is areas that they're really leaving money on the table with, which sounds crazy for a business that's valued at $100 billion, but you'll see as we go. So they're not always doing these things well. Some of them they're doing a really good job of, some of them they're doing a bit of a rubbish job of, to be perfectly honest. But after each of these initiatives, we're going to draw out the lessons that we can all learn, either positively or negatively, from Shein's case. Now, the first thing that we're going to analyze is their killer email capture strategy. So Shein is obsessed with getting your email address, getting your contact details. When you first land on the website, they've got a really clever pop-up which appears, which basically shows a whole bunch of different vouchers which you can collect. And these are things like 20% off a particular order value or 15% off an order of slightly less value or 10% off. But it gives you the way it presents them stacked on top of each other. And by the way, you can watch the video version of this if you want to see all this stuff on the screen over on our YouTube channel. The way that it shows you all of this makes them really tantalizing. It's like you want to pick up these tickets. Now, if you click on collect all, it takes you through to a sign up page, which is a little bit like the new user sign up page that you would see on any e-commerce store. Although remember at this stage, we've just landed on the website. We haven't even bought anything and we're being asked to sign up. But because we've got these vouchers, because we're signing up for something, we're signing up for these discounts and they feel like they're interesting and exciting because they're not just a voucher code, they actually look like little vouchers that we're collecting, makes us much more likely to sign up. But 
it doesn't stop there. If we click to close that pop-up, we then get another pop-up, right? There's like a, an upsell pop-up or a downsell pop-up, really, with another offering of a discount. Then if you scroll down, if you manage to fight away all the pop-ups offering you discounts in return for your email address, you then see new user zones where you can get more tickets and more points for discounts. So this is a business that's working really hard to get you signed up for their site because then they can remarket to you, then they can send email to you. If they've spent money to get you onto the site in the first place, it makes sense that they get you into their world so that they can further monetize you. The lesson for every listener, there is some sort of subscriber incentive, right? Sheen is not sending, saying, join up so that you can get a discount. It's not something ambiguous. It's not just join up so you can get a discount, not just join up so you can get access to exclusive styles. And it's definitely not join up to join our newsletter. It's something specific and it feels compelling and you wanna get these vouchers. You know when you see a little notification and you just wanna scratch that itch, you wanna get the little red dot. It feels like that because they've made them graphic and they've made them visual, which is really smart. Now we see this kind of incentive thing happening in their app as well. And by the way, they encourage you to sign up for the app. There's a little um, mention in their benefits bar at the top of the e-commerce site that if you go into the app, if you download their app, you can get 25% off, which by the way, is higher than any of the vouchers that they're offering elsewhere on the site. So really that's what they want you to do. We'll come back to the app later, but they want you to download the app. Now, when they ask you if you want to turn on notifications, which you often get in an app, they give you a reason to do it. They say, because then you can come back for your daily check-ins and you can get more vouchers. So this is their approach to everything. And it's a very good approach to adopt. Every time you ask someone to compromise their freedom, right? Whether it's giving you their email address or turning on notifications or doing something that favors you. Every time you ask someone to compromise their freedom, you need to sell them on the benefit of why view this as a value exchange. This isn't just sign up for the newsletter. Well, why? What's the value to me in doing that? There is no value. The value is all to you. You want to send me your newsletter. What's the value to me? Well, it's a particular juicy discount or it's a feeling that I'm going to get something of benefit, right? So we see this all the time with e-commerce businesses, service businesses. We've talked about this before. This is the Exposure Ninja's free website and marketing review, for example. So we'll say, if you want some free help with your digital marketing, then go to ExposureNinja.com and request a free website and marketing review. We'll record you a video showing you how to generate more leads and sales from your site. And this service is completely free of charge. Now we do this as a way of getting you into our world so we can give you something which is really useful and valuable. People love this thing and it takes us loads of time and loads of resource to do but we can use that to build an audience. So think about every time you're asking someone to compromise their freedom, give them a reason to do so. So the next thing that Shein does really well is their use of social proof. Now, social proof on e-commerce is, you know, it's a pretty well beaten path. This can be things like showing uh, reviews from third-party review sites, or even just showing product reviews in general. But Shein has some particular tweaks that we don't see very often in e-commerce. One of them is really clever. Now, if we think about fast fashion, one of the main purchase drivers is getting product that is in, getting product that is, um, that is current, that is hot. And knowing what to buy because these fashions change so often is often half the game. So what they do is in their product category. So when you go onto the homepage, you can see there's a little box that says shop by category, pretty standard. You can see dresses, tops, swimwear, and they'll mark the categories that are most popular at the moment with this little hot icon. It's a little flame. So what this does is it tells you what other people are shopping for. Now, if I'm going to click on one, so let's say I click on cohorts because that's labeled as hot. 
I can then see a whole bunch of different products on that page. If I click on one, when I click on it, it then shows me all of the different color schemes that you can buy that product in, but it shows the little hot icons next to the ones that are most hot. Presumably, we've got no, you know, no idea if these are legit or if they're just being used to shift the stock that no one else is buying, but whatever. So these little hot icons influence people's behavior because of course if you're buying fast fashion one of the reasons that you're doing it is to be current with the current style so this gives you a shortcut so it's pretty smart and the other thing that they do really well to use social proof is their review system so i'm on one particular product here and unbelievably it has 3600 reviews now given that some of these products they only come in stock once and then they're gone 3,600 reviews is a phenomenal number of reviews for a product. But there's a couple of things that they do really smart here. Firstly, they combine all of their global purchases into one review section on their site, right? So if you buy the same product in Brazil as UK, well, your reviews are going to go on to the, review, uh, the product pages of all of the different countries, okay? So they're aggregating all of their reviews, similar to how Amazon does when you go onto a product page. If that product doesn't have many reviews, you'll often see reviews from other stores. So it's a smart way of doing it because you aggregate all the reviews from the whole world. But these reviews are also fantastic. And a lot of people are showing themselves in the products in the reviews. They're giving lots of details. So they're talking about the fit of the product. They're giving their own sizes and talking about the size that they bought so that you can get a feel for what sort of fit it's going to be for you. So these reviews, they're fantastic. They're detailed. They have lots of pictures attached to them. Why are so many people leaving product reviews for fast fashion, which is notoriously difficult to get anybody to leave reviews for? Well, they're being very clever about how they collect these reviews, and we will come back to that later. <laughs> but the lesson here, how do you guide visitors and potential customers to the most popular options in your business? Whether you're selling software, whether you're selling services, whether you're selling products, people feel reassured when they're guided to the most popular options that other people are choosing. So how do you do that? Sometimes we all want to know we're making the right choice and showing people that they're not the first dummy to buy this thing can be a really powerful thing. By the way, while we're on these product pages, let's talk about product pages. Now, product page layout walkthroughs don't often work that well in podcasts. So I'm gonna just, I'm gonna explain what's here. And if you wanna see it, of course, then you can go to the YouTube version. Machine's product pages are, I'm gonna say they're decent, if not exceptional. Now, if I'm just gonna talk you through, it's a fairly standard product page layout. If I'm looking on desktop, you know, similar sort of thing on mobile. If I'm looking on desktop, I've got the product picture here. Um, I can see lots of different variations of the picture, different angles, worn in different ways, that type of thing. I've got the colors and I've got the sizes that I can choose from on the right-hand side. And I've, of course, got the add to bag bu uh, button as well. But there are a couple of tweaks with this that you don't see on many e-commerce sites. The first tweak is that the product name is almost invisible, right? The product name is almost invisible. That is in like 0.9 type. The price underneath is massive, okay? So this is all about the price. And really what they're doing here, their strategy here is because they're releasing so many products each day, they don't have the creative capacity to give these products good names. So most Shein customers are referring to the SKU, the number, the product ID instead. So really what matters to someone when they land on this product page is the image of the product, the price, and then the add to bag uh, button. And those are really the only things that matter. So those are massively prominent and everything else kind of falls away a little bit. So there is some other information on this page. Um, for example, in the size and fit section, they've got information about the model's measurements and the product size. Then they've got some detailed measurements about length and fit and all that type of stuff, which is smart, right? Because 
It obviously helps to reduce returns if people can tell if something is going to fit. But there's not loads of other information about this thing. The descriptions are entirely generic, as you would expect. You're launching 10,000 products a day. There's no way you're going to have a copywriter that can write the most beautiful, elegant prose to describe each of these. So no descriptions, weird titles. The SEO is almost non-existent. Their product page titles are rubbish. The product meta descriptions, total rubbish. There's very little content on this page to justify it ranking. But then you're probably unlikely to rank pages like this anyway, given that this is a fast turnover business. These product pages are going to be coming and going on a regular basis. Much better to focus on the category pages, build links to the category pages, optimize the category pages instead. But the lesson here is really don't be like Sheehan with these product pages. Unless you're churning thousands of products a day, there's no reason not to sort your SEO on your product pages. There's no reason not to write decent product descriptions, give your products compelling names on every page. It's great that they've got loads of images. It's great that these are like UGC style user generated content. They look legit. You can tell what these products are going to look like. It's great that they're including model measurements and sizes of the products so you can actually work out what these things are going to look like on you. That stuff's great. but. You don't have to forego the basics of good e-commerce just because you're doing that stuff. But the thing that they do really well here is understanding that these are impulse purchases. So therefore, image, price, buy button, reviews, done. That's all they need to do here. Okay, the fourth thing that we're going to be looking at and talking about today is their loyalty club. Now, I think of the Shein Loyalty Club a bit like the sort of nuclear reactor at the center of their marketing. The Loyalty Club is a points-based scheme, and Shein uses this to incentivize the behavior that they want across the business. So for example, you collect these points, you get some points when you sign up. But think of it a bit like a game, right? When you buy a, a game on the App Store, you might get points, you get points for completing certain missions, you get points for just downloading, you get points for paying to upgrade. It's a little bit like that. You collect these points for different tasks that you carry out. So when you sign up for the loyalty scheme, when you become a member, you get points. When you buy product, you get points. When you leave a product review, you get points. When people engage with your review, you get points. This is why, by the way, their product reviews are so plentiful and so good and come with pictures because the customers are incentivized to leave these reviews because they get points. And what do points mean? Well, they mean that you get to buy more Shein stuff with them, right? There's no money here. This is all just discounts on their products. So this for me is really smart. You even get points for checking in on their app every day because they want to condition you. They want to build that into a habit. You constantly checking in to see what new products do they have. And if they can build that into a daily habit by incentivizing you with these points, Hello. So that's really what they want to do. So for me, this is genius. Now, of course, people have um, opinions on the ethics behind fast fashion and buying clothes every day and all this type of stuff. But one thing that we can't argue with is that if Sheen wants to sell more stuff, this is a great way of selling more stuff. So they're accomplishing their goal here. So the lesson here is thinking about customer loyalty. How do you incentivize your customers and not even just your customers, but your leads, the people that are coming into your world? How can you think about incentivizing them? How do you encourage people to not just buy, but to buy multiple times? How do you encourage people to leave reviews? How do you encourage people to tell their friends about you? And can you build a model? Can you build this nuclear reactor that sits at the center of your marketing, which enables you to put, to point your customers and your leads in different directions to get them to complete marketing tasks for you? If we think about the product pages, for example, 
Shein's loyalty program is basically building the content for their product pages so that they don't have to hire copywriters to do this for them because all these customers are creating these reviews, they're showing pictures of themselves wearing these products. Why? Because they get loyalty points. So it's almost like the cost of Shein's on-site content is just the loyalty points that they're giving out to customers. And then they just point customers in that direction and off they go. So it's a really smart way of doing this at scale because really to do this stuff yourself inside the company to write product descriptions for 10,000 products a day, it's not gonna be possible. But by using this loyalty scheme really cleverly, they've, they've basically done that. Okay, um, next thing that we're gonna look at is their Facebook ad strategy. Hmm. Now, their product strategy is basically quantity over quality, right? I don't think anyone would take issue with that. This is as many products as possible, as cheap as possible. We're not going to win on quality, but we are going to win on having as many things as possible. And to be fair, that's basically their Facebook ad strategy as well. So if we compare the number of ads that Shein is currently running, so I'm I'm filming this video, uh, I'm filming this podcast in the video in July 2022. And Shein is currently running six and a half thousand ads on Facebook and Instagram. Now, if we compare this with one of their competitors, boohoo.com. Now, boohoo, yes, they don't have as big an audience, but they're running 59 ads on Facebook and Instagram, right? So six and a half thousand versus 59. Even if we just limit these to one country and we compare one country to one country, Shein is running around 10 times as many different ads as Boohoo. But hmm, <laughs> pretty interesting strategy though. Their Facebook ads are really quite weird. Now they're weird because when you go on the website, it's all about discounts. It's all about user generated content type style. It feels quite community led. This is natural pics of their clothing on people. And it's very focused on being the cheapest and discounts and all that type of stuff. But in their Facebook and Instagram ads, that focus on discounting almost has completely disappeared. It's kind of strange. It's almost like it's a it, it's like the ads are running for a different business. So yes, we're talking about, you know, get the latest styles, be a trendsetter and all this type of stuff. But the 20%, 50%, 85% off discounts that are plastered all over their website have totally disappeared. And the product shots are much more professional. These are professional type model shots. Um, they are not the user generated content style stuff that you would both expect to see on the Shein website, but also you would expect to see on social in general. Now this is kind of the other way round. Normally we would see fashion brands having model type shots on their website because that's where you want to see all the detail, you want to see up close the stitching and how it all fits. But then on social, they'll be using user generated content because that's what people are used to seeing on social. If you're scrolling through social, seeing, you know, user generated content stuff that your favorite influencers are posting. And then all of a sudden you see these professional model shots that stands out a mile and it jars in a little way. It tells you that it's an ad. So the fact that Shein has taken this approach when they have so much user generated content in other areas of the business doesn't really make sense. Another thing that doesn't really make sense is the ad copy that they are using. The ad copy is rubbish. <laughs> it's rubbish. There's some really strange lines in here, like um, they've got some ads for some fruit colored clothing. So it says, come and discover new fruit color outfits at Shein. Sweet, but not greasy. I mean, uh, fair enough. I mean, I don't like my clothes to be greasy either, but I don't think that that's necessarily a common description. It's just a little bit weird, right? There's another one, uh, new fashion experience, be a trendsetter, say hello to new styles. But this is like all capitalized in title case. So every word, pretty much every word is capitalized is really, really odd. There's another one which says your personal wardrobe. 
I mean, your personal wardrobe? What's the alternative to that? Well, our personal wardrobe is so much better than these, you know, communal public wardrobes that I've been using for all these years. That's where I've been going wrong. So it's really odd. And it gives the impression that a lot of this copy is written by robots. Now, it might be written by robots, or it might just be written by people who frame English as a second language, which is totally fine if it is. But the amount of money that they're spending on these Facebook ads and the amount of ads that they've got, given that this copy is used across multiple different ad variants, it wouldn't take much just to get a professional copywriter to cast an eye over these, you know, you could come up with something better than this on the spot. This is not like you wouldn't need to spend an hour writing each of these ad copies to be better. You could spend five minutes on it to be better, really. It's, it's strange that there are so many ads and the content is so rubbish. It's like the opposite approach that you would normally take if you're trying to scale an ad campaign. And then the final nail of the three that are in this coffin is when you click on some of the products, for example, let's say we want the sweet but not greasy fruit color clothing, you click on the product, all it does is it just takes you through to an ad, uh, a product category called leisure time and there's no fruit color clothing here at all. So even if I was tempted by the sweet not greasy clothing of the fruit colors, I can't then buy the product anyway, it's just taken me onto their website. So it's super odd. So the lesson here is pretty fundamental, right? Anytime you're running a successful digital ad campaign, you need three things. You need a great audience, you need great ad creative, and you need a landing or product page that is consistent and does the job, i.e. converts the visitor. So in Sheehan's case, we don't know what the audience targeting is, we can't see what they're doing there, but the ad creative is rubbish, and the landing and product page is completely irrelevant in as many of the cases as I could find. So if you've under-optimized two of the three elements, these ads are not gonna be performing as well as they could. So even if they're nailing their Facebook targeting, unless they're just building brand awareness, which if they're just building brand awareness, there's better ways to do it than showing product images, few businesses can afford to spray cash like this. So get your PPC right in those three areas, for goodness sake, and six and a half thousand ads. You don't need to run six and a half thousand ads. Just focus on getting one or two ads right and they'll get better ROI than they're getting from this. This really is spray and pray stuff. Final area we're going to look at today, their social media audience segmentation. So this is kind of interesting, huge, huge audience across their social platforms. 60 million followers across five platforms, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and can't remember the other one that we've looked at. <laughs> five platforms though. So huge audience. Now Instagram, they've got uh, 25.4 million followers on their main account. They've got other accounts for Curve. Uh, for Motif and their Glam, which is their makeup range. So that's not their entire Instagram following, but 25.4 million followers um, is, uh, you know, no small feat. So what are they doing on their Instagram page? Well, it's basically user-generated content style product shots. This is typical influencer type stuff where there's an influencer wearing the product and then they've tagged them in the caption, okay? Fairly standard issue stuff for fast fashion social media. So that's pretty all good. That's pretty much all good. Um, the, the engagement is about average for a fashion brand. So they've got an engagement rate of around 0.3% according to Social Blade which is fairly common for fast fashion. They don't get many comments, okay? They don't get many comments and a large proportion of their comments are inappropriate spam. So it's, I wanna thank this person for saving my finances. If you wanna invest in crypto, go to, you know, it's that type of stuff. There's also a lot of complaints about not receiving orders, about how rubbish the customer service is and that type of stuff as well. So it's okay. It's basically, it's tick the box. There's a lot of posts here. They're posting pretty frequently but you don't get a sense of Sheehan's personality through any of this. It's just the influencers. 
Now, we would also love to see them innovate a little bit more on their feed, so mixing up some of the shots, because they do have a thing where a lot of the models in these shots, given that this is a worldwide account, a lot of these models are pretty similar looking and it's pretty generic. Um, we love to see more creative photo shoots, more diverse models. Looking at Boohoo, Boohoo does a really good job of their social content. It feels much less generic and much less sort of bargain basement than Sheehan's does. Now, Instagram Reels is kind of different because this is a completely different thing. So obviously it's just two tabs over on their profile, but here we've got user-generated content. It's much more native feeling. This is um, more TikTok-like and fast fashion on Reels and on TikTok is all about hauls, right? So this is people buying loads of different types of products trying them all on and getting people to say, oh yeah, I love that, I love that, or should I keep it, should I return it, whatever. And that's what they do on their on their reels and on their TikTok. So they've done a really good job of finding something that works, these hauls, and then just they just slam it. They just do it over and over and over again. And they've got their influencer pr program, which means that they've got a steady stream of influencers coming through who will create these reels for them. And it seems to be working pretty well. They've got some great engagement here. They're getting over a million views on a whole bunch of these. In fact, most of their reels get over a million, a million and a half, over five million on some of these reels. So it's working really, really well for them. But well, we'll come back to this in just a second with TikTok. So that's going well. On TikTok, they're doing a similar sort of thing, right? It's all about the reels. It's all about the hauls. It's all about the get ready with me, people trying on these products. And they've got decent engagement. It's basically a similar sort of stuff that they're posting on TikTok as they are on Instagram. But the comments that they're getting across these are people begging for the IDs of these products. Because they've got so many products, they don't give the products names, they give them product IDs, right? And people will see something that an influencer wears in one of these hauls and they'll say, oh, I love that red dress, what's the ID? And then nothing. Nobody from Shein replies at all. So you've got all these people begging, oh, what's the, you know, what's that white top? What's this red dress? What's this? And nobody's replying. So they're not trying to, they're not even trying to sell these products through these hauls, uh, these haul reels and these TikToks, which is crazy to me. All they would need to do is just put the IDs next to the products when they're showing them and people would go and buy them, right? The, it shows that the intent is there, but they're not even doing it. There's also a whole bunch of people um, complaining about customer service, but the customer service responses are really generic. For some reason on TikTok, the customer service team is responding with these weird broken messages that look like they're supposed to have a link in, but you can't link. And it just feels really, really odd. So the lessons here, honestly, their social channels remind me of a discount store with huge inventory but the margins are so thin that they can't afford store assistance. So people basically go in and just pick through stuff strewn all over the place and hope that they get something that they like. I remember the first time I went into a Primark um, with a girl I was dating at the time, I was like, what is this? Like, why are all the clothes on the floor, right? Why are you just fishing through clothes on the floor underneath the racks? Why is nothing on the rack? Well, it's because the margins are so thin, they can't afford the staff to go in and just like make the place look presentable. And you know, Sheen gives that sort of impression, but the difference here is all you would need would be a team of social media responders for, for the, whatever, the 60 million followers that they've got across this platform. The volume of comments isn't so high that you couldn't be addressing these with a team of say 15 to 20 people who are just full-time responding. But it's like they're not really even trying and they're doing a dreadful job of it, which is a real shame. They've got huge following, massive reach. I'd like to see them take a step back and commit more resources to their social channels, possibly segmenting better between different countries so that they can feel more native to each country. Then they can build a much stronger sense of community, which is ultimately what social is all about. So the Shein model is quantity over quality, and we see that represented on all of their social channels across their e-commerce. This is basically how they do it. 
Obviously, it's working. They've grown to a huge valuation. They've grown to massive revenue. But if I was competing with this, I would take their approach to product and then I would take a slightly different approach with their social and with their digital marketing, making sure that you're putting the right allocation of resource to responding on social. The lesson really here is that social is all about the community that you're building. Just pumping out huge volumes of stuff is only half of the game. The other half of the game is making sure that when people look through those comments, are they seeing hundreds of people complaining about their missing orders and dreadful customer service, or are they seeing a brand that is really engaging with their audience? So I hope you've enjoyed this look into Shein. It's a really fascinating business. Very few businesses like this that we've come across in our time and a really interesting approach to digital marketing, taking a quantity over quality all day long. Let us know in the uh, in the reviews, what other brands would you like us to look into? And don't forget to go and request your free website and marketing review from the team here at Exposure Ninja. Just go to ExposureNinja.com and click the button to request your free video review. We'll analyze what you're doing at the moment. We'll take a look at what your competitors are doing and we'll create a video for you showing you how to generate more leads and sales through your website completely free of charge. So go to ExposureNinja.com to request that. Until next time, see you soon.